You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Be seated. Now we go into the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's good to go into the Word of God on a powerful and a high note. Glory, glory, glory. Yeah. You know that what we just did is also part of meditation. It's also part of meditation. So you see that biblical meditation is different from what is being um, promoted out there. When you do it God's way, it's more powerful. Meditation is important. I'm talking about the ancient art and science of meditation. Okay? The ancient art and science of meditation. Obviously, we're talking about the biblical aspect. I'm not talking about Buddhism. I'm not talking about yoga. I'm not talking about new age. I'm talking Bible. Hallelujah. Meditation is something that every one of us is familiar with, but at the same time, we're not aware of. We're familiar with in a sense that we all meditate. It's just that we don't know we're doing it when we're doing it. Okay? You don't know you're doing it when you're doing it. For example, how many people have worried before? You've been worried. You've worried about something. Ah, huh? Come on. That's meditation. That's meditation, but in the negative sense. Yeah? So, how do you respond when you worry? Let me see. Who are the worrying champions here? Come on. Huh? Okay, you are a practicing. You're not, you're not a champion, but you, you just practice it sometimes. Sometimes. Come on. How many people have practiced it? Sometimes. You just practice meditation. Worry. Huh? You, you practice worry. And when you're worried... Different people do it differently. But the results are the same. Okay? The results are the same. There are some people that when they worry, when they get when they are worried, they just they can't stop talking. Yeah? They're just talking, talking to themselves, talking just and you don't even know what they are saying. Say so what what do you say? Oh, sorry, I was just thinking aloud. Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But then some, they can't sleep. Yeah, when they worry, they can't sleep. They're just, they just worried about how to sort out the whole world. You know? I mean, the world is... I mean, Winnie Mandela is dead. I mean, what, what are we going to do now? <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just, what's the way forward now? Huh? So, there are people who are so good at it. They're so good at it that if there's nothing to worry about, they worry about the fact that there's nothing to worry about. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah? Yes. It's part of meditation. But it's just, a, it's just a bad habit that you have learned to meditate on the wrong thing. 
Learn to meditate on the wrong thing. Some, sometimes, and, and mothers are good at meditating on their children. Come on. Yeah? All the mothers look straight. Nobody knows that you do such things. Say, what? You mean people do that? Hmm? <laughs> worry? How can you worry? So, the child has gone to school. Hmm? Your baby is in school. You are at home. Obviously, there's nothing you can do about the child in school. But you are sitting down at home or at work and you are trying to organize this child's life while the child is in school. Yeah, I mean, how do you do that? But, you know, what I'm talking about. So you are sitting, it's like, okay, what if now, okay, this time, this is the, the, the playground now. I hope, I hope he doesn't fall from the jungle gym. I hope, you know, and, and you just, you can, it, it doesn't solve anything, right? But you just can't stop it. You know you, doing that doesn't help you. Neither does it help the child. But you, you, just, you just find that you can't resist thinking like that. How many people know what I'm talking about? All right. Yeah. That's meditation. <laughs> That's meditation. So then that can now lead to a certain kind of conversation. So because... Your mind is saturated with that. It now leads you to begin to talk in a particular way. And to begin to ask certain questions. And to begin to probe in a particular way. Hmm? Yeah. So, now you start. The thing gets so strong that you can't resist it. You now phone the school. Um, yeah, this is... <laughs> Yeah, take, that's taking it to another level. Yeah. But it happens. It does happen. And some of you, you are adults, your mom is back home, but if she doesn't hear your voice every Sunday, huh? Oh, is it daily? <laughs> some are even daily. If she doesn't hear your voice, I mean, something, something is wrong. And it, you see, she has the art of painting pictures. I mean, she's able to. She is so skilled, so skilled at painting pictures of your scenario. Meanwhile, she's not there. How many people know what I'm talking about? That's, that's, that's a skilled meditator. Yeah. So the imagination is very effective. It's able to see this is what is going on. And because of this, no. No, 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 no. I need that phone call. And she will stress and stress and stress and won't be able to sleep. Maybe she tries to reach you. She can't get through. Your battery has gone flat. It's a problem. Now, why can't I get through? She's trying to hide something from me. 
something has gone wrong. And it goes on and on and on and on like that. But did you know that that is meditation? That's meditation. So that's why I said everybody knows how to meditate, but they're not aware that they're meditating and mostly is on the wrong thing. So what we're trying to do this morning is to help you to meditate to, 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 to meditate on the right thing so that it can impact your life. Because meditation affects your life whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not. It affects your life. There are certain things that have become a part of you that the way they came into your life was through meditation. But you didn't realize You didn't realize. But meditation makes you aware. Actually, meditation affects your, um, yeah, your awareness. If you are able to meditate on something, then you start getting aware of it. Let me give you an example. When, before you had a car, huh? what car do you? <laughs> What's your car? Uh, I've got a Captiva. Okay. Now, before you got a Captiva, and after you got a Captiva, right? The question is, before you got it, and after you got it, how aware were you of Captivas in the city? Uh, before, before I had it, when I was still uh, meditating on it, I started seeing them a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like the only car. Yeah. <laughs> you see? So when he started meditating on it, he started seeing it everywhere. Now, it's always been there. But he was never aware of it. He was never aware of it. Now that he set his mind on Captiva everywhere, there's a captiva. Huh? Yeah. Everywhere. And that's why the psalmist said, he said, I have set the Lord always before me. Psalm, let's look at the book. What psalm is that? <laughs> 16 verse 8. It says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. I have what? Set the Lord always before me. So when you set him before you, when he becomes your meditation, everywhere you go you see him. Can you see the power of meditation? When you set your mind upon him, you see him everywhere. You see him in people. You understand? Many times you see devils in people instead of seeing God in people. Why? Because you are meditating on the devil. Yeah. 
So the psalmist said, I set the Lord always before me. I set the Lord always before me. So when I look at you, I can see God. Why? Because I've already set the Lord before me. I'm telling you, if you are able to master this, depression will find it hard to catch you. Very hard. It is, I mean, it's going to work over time. And it won't get you. <laughs> because you learn how to set your mind on him. So when you look, anybody you see, you can see God in them. Why? Because God is everywhere. Even when you are going through rough times, in the midst of the rough times, you can see God. But you have to set him before you. It starts by conscious decision of setting the Lord before you. Unfortunately, we set our problems before us. Come on. We set our situation before us. We set our challenges before us. So we keep meditating on our problems. I have this challenge. I have this problem. This thing is not working. Then you set it before you. Instead of setting the Lord before you. I'm not saying you shouldn't think about or think about solving your problems. Okay? But I'm saying you don't meditate on them. You don't meditate on them. So you become more aware of God. So meditation has a way of making you stable. It stabilizes your life. And that's why you see in that scripture, David, says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. You see, he, he, he has positioned the Lord at his right hand. In his imagination. In his consciousness. He has positioned the Lord. And if the Lord is at my right hand, I will not be moved. I don't care what comes against me. He is with me. Are you getting my point? So we, we, we need, I believe strongly that one of the best things you can teach a believer, a new believer, is how to meditate. Because if he's able to master this, the enemy will struggle to get him back. Why? Because the Lord is always there. He knows that he knows. I might be going through challenges. It doesn't mean that I'm going down. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is in my boat. It doesn't matter the storms. It doesn't matter the storms. Storms come to everyone. But it depends on who is in your boat. Are you getting my point? So because of that, we are not afraid of challenges. We're not afraid of, of, of what the enemy will bring against us. 
But we know that we have set the Lord before us. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I am like Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I shall not be moved. Say, I shall not be moved. Come on. Yeah. So, it, it's, a, it's a conscious, deliberate effort. It's not something that happens without your involvement. You don't just pray, Lord, make me unmovable. No. You decide to set him always before you. Now, whatever it will take to do that, you better do it. And it will mean different things to different people. For example, for some people, they need to set the Lord before them by putting something before in the, on their mirror so that every morning they look at the mirror, they see what they've written. For some, they need to put it on the dashboard in their car. For some of us, we need to put it in our shoes. We write it on a piece of paper and put it in our shoes. And we are walking on the scriptures. Hallelujah. I'm walking on the word of God. If Peter walked on water, you think it's just the water he walked on. It's the word come he walked on. It's the word come. When Jesus said come, that's enough to carry him. So, I take the word. I put it in my shoes. Hallelujah. I'm walking on the word of God. <laughs> it's a conscious effort. To some people, they need to set it on their phone to always, you know, speak to them. There are so many apps right now that you have no excuse. I mean, technology has made it easier for us. Hmm? To the Israelites, the Lord said, put it on the doorpost of your house. Put it at front lines before your, on your forehead. Up to today, you go to Israel, you see them walking with things that tie on their head. That have scriptures written in it. What is that? Setting the Lord before them. But some of us, we set our mountains before us. Huh? Come on. We set our bills before us. Yes? We set our pains before us. Hmm? Yeah. We set our enemies before us. <laughs> ah. We set our weaknesses before us. We set our sins before us. <laughs> yes. But no, not the psalmist. He says, I have set the Lord always. So it's not something you do today and then you remember next week. He says, always. Always. I have set the Lord always before me. This is the secret to these people's victories. 
No wonder David never lost the battle. Never lost the battle. Why? He was always meditating. No wonder God told Joshua, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. For you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Meditation is the key to success. In any endeavor, I'm telling you, you need that. It starts by setting the Lord. So your primary meditation should be the Lord. Come on. The Lord himself should be your meditation. The psalmist says, my meditation of him shall be sweet. Psalm 104. He says, my meditation of him shall be what? Sweet. So, meditation is one of the ways you extract the sweetness from the Lord. The sweetness that is in him requires meditation. When I call scriptures, you open it up. You don't wait for me to dictate. Follow me in the spirit. Meditate. Follow me. Be with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord is good. I believe I believe that through this, if you will master this, God is going to do. He's going to unlock things in your life that you never imagined you could walk in. You need to break that habit of meditating on the wrong things. Stop it. Stop it. Let your meditation be on the Lord. Not even just on, on what you want, but on Him first. So He should be your primary meditation. This is, this is, this is what these people got used to. They, they mastered this. Psalm 104, 34. My meditation... May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. Let's read it in the King James, the old King James. My meditation of him shall be sweet. Can you see? My what? Meditation of him. You need to meditate on him until it becomes sweet. Meditate on him until he becomes sweet. You, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How are you going to taste? Because God is not like sweet. He's not, he's not something that you can take and put in your mouth. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste and see that the Lord is good? You taste by meditation. So when you start meditating on him, you will be glad. Why? 
You now say, oh, wow. I didn't realize the Lord was like this. You have to set your mind on him. You have to meditate on him. And then you become more aware of his sweetness. You become more aware of who he is. You see? Yeah. So the reason why life is so bitter to many people is because of wrong meditation. It's wrong meditation. So I want to meditate on the Lord. My meditation of him shall be sweet. We sing so many songs that talk about how good he is. But do you really know what you are singing? You know, sometimes we sing songs, but we don't, we don't even think about what we're singing. I think about what I sing. All right? I don't just sing songs because of melody. In fact, there are songs I like that don't have good melody. But they have good content. Lord, you are good and your mercy endure it forever. Why would Israel write that song? He must have meditated to a point that he began to experience the goodness of God. And it began to flow out of as a song. If we have more people meditating, we will have more songs that are biblical. Some songs, they just a combination of chords and different harmonies. Just, just move your leg. <laughs> huh? When you hear them, no thought. You're not thinking. You're just moving. Ah. <laughs> but there are some songs when you hear them, they move you. They grip you. Do you understand? And you can tell that certain songs were born out of meditation. And there are some songs you can tell they're born out of just playing. Just jamming together. Just meet and just... You know what you guys do. And then... Okay, add this. Then they put it all together. And <laughs> what is this saying? Nothing. It's saying absolutely nothing because there was no meditation. It's moving your head. Where is it moving to? Nowhere. What is it achieving? Nothing. Just calories. At least, if, even if, if, if you are losing calories, maybe that's something good. But it's not taking you anywhere. We need to bring back meditation to the body of Christ. We need to bring it back to the church. It belongs to us. It doesn't belong to the new age. The new age. 
What they're doing is something else. Hallelujah. But we meditate on him. My meditation of him shall be sweet. So, that is how. You know, those guys in those days, there was no scripture. But you wonder how they were able to walk with God. Isaac was meditating in the field. But there was no Bible. What was he meditating on? His father must have taught him. Amen? Yeah. So, the Bible tells us, in fact, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says, Great peace have they. Um, Isaiah 26, verse 3. thing it says blessed is the one whose mind is stayed on you huh thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee so if you don't have peace could it be that your mind is where it's not supposed to be could it be yes Oh, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming tomorrow. Are they coming? Where is your mind? On they are coming. Yeah. Now, if your mind is on they are coming tomorrow, what peace do you expect to get from there? Yes? No peace. So now you become restless. Restless. I remember years ago I heard Kenneth Hagin say that his wife thinks sometimes things are so tough and he's not, you know, he's not moved. And his wife said to him, Aren't you worried? He says, No. Ah, but can't you can't you see? Are you not worried the way things are? He says, No, I'm not. He said, Oh, how can you not be worried that things are like this? He said, how does that help? Then she now asked him, okay, will you be worried if I and the children died in a car crash or something happened and we all died? He says, no. Ah! <laughs> it's like, he says, but I thought you loved us. Yes, I love you, but I'm not worried. So, some people mistake worry for love. It is not. It's not. They say, I love you, but I'm not worried. Hey. <laughs> I know I can hear some thoughts. Just going all over the place, bombarding me now. Yeah. But worry is not, it's not, it's not love. Yeah. Because, I mean, for God so loved the world that he worried. Is that what your Bible tells you? For God so loved the world that he, 
He gave. So he, he loved and his love made him to do something, but it didn't make him to worry. You'll never find a place in the scripture where God worried. Jesus never worried. In fact, he says, take no thought. Don't even think. Don't worry about tomorrow. He says, this is what the Gentiles worry about. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. That includes wives, husbands, houses, cars, jobs. Come on, food, clothes, everything will be added. But the first things first, seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. So God should be your number one priority. His kingdom should be your number one priority. Not your local small cat box kingdom. His kingdom. God's empire. You, you need to think about how to expand it. You need to think about how you're go, what you're going to do to make his kingdom manifest wherever. Many of us have not even thought about the kingdom. Uh, how can I get this? How can I do this? How can I be this? And all of that. Now, of course, it's good to aspire um, to have aspirations for a better life and all of that. I believe it's a godly, um, it's a godly desire. And it must not, if you don't have a desire, you have a problem. You need to come for deliverance. Yeah. You are just there, like that, just there. There is no desire for self-improvement. There is no desire for progress. You are just there, existing. It's a major problem. It's a major problem. Maybe some trauma has destroyed that in you, and you need to come, let's help you. Are you getting my point? So it's godly to want to move forward. But you just need to know what to set before you. The Lord first. Then his kingdom. Hmm? You know that the kingdom, the Lord wants to be first in your life. He doesn't want even your spouse to be first. He doesn't like that. It shouldn't be. Some married people worship their spouse. God is jealous. Your wife can't be your number one priority. God should be your number one priority. Your wife comes second or your husband comes second. I know, I mean, and he causes butterflies to just, you know, when he just comes, he, it's awesome, it's great. Okay? Just control those butterflies and tell those butterflies the Lord comes first. All right? Just, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's a good thing to have them, but know where the Lord belongs. Put him where he belongs. He wants to be number one, he still wants to be number one. In fact, Jesus was so emphatic about it. 
to say, if you don't hate your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and your... If you don't hate them, you can't be my disciple. Jesus, what kind of talk is that? What kind of talk is that? Why are you teaching us that? But that's the price of discipleship. That's the price of following Christ. Amen. So, meditation. <laughs> We're back to fixing our minds on him. It's very ancient. It's an art. It's also a science. It's a science in the sense that we can predict what you become by checking what you meditate on. Your meditation will predict your future. Hallelujah. What do you talk about? What do you think about? What do you dream about? What, what are the things? These are the things that you are meditating on. So every time you're sleeping, a lion is chasing you. It's a problem. Why is it that you all, a lion is always chasing you? What is wrong with you? What kind of meditation is that? Every time a lion is chasing you, oh, pastor, this lion is always chasing me. Come. What is that? Because when it becomes your meditation, you start dreaming it. You start seeing it everywhere. You become aware of it. Even in your sleep, you are aware of it. So sometimes some of our dreams are a product of our meditation. Because we become aware of it so much. Amen? I think us, I'll stop there. Do you want to continue to meditate on the Lord? Meditate on his kingdom. Do that. It will do you good. Touch someone and say, I think he's talking to you. Ask somebody else, did you hear what he said? Tell someone, I don't think you heard what he said. Say, I was just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Time is gone. Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We glorify you for your word, which is spirit and is life. Our meditation of you shall be sweet. Thank you, Lord God. For the art and science of meditation. We're going to continue to meditate. We're going to meditate on you. You will be our meditation. Lord God, we will set our minds on you. Lord God, we will have great peace. We will not be moved. Though the earth be moved, we know we will remain stable. Yes, because we are standing on your word. Yes, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Now say this after me, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. I receive your word right now. I declare that my life is conforming to your word. Everything in my life, every stronghold in my life, I pull down in the name of Jesus. I break the bad habit of worry. The bad habit of wrong meditation. 
I break over my life. In the name of Jesus. I refuse to be anxious. I will be anxious for nothing. According to your word. Lord, I declare that your power is at work in me. Your word is effective in my life. Your word is changing me. As I behold the perfect law of liberty, my life is being changed. My mind is being renewed. My soul is being saved. In the name of Jesus, there is no circumstance that will overpower me. No situation will be too difficult for me. Because the greater one lives in me. The Bible says, the greater one is in me. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Every challenge, every situation, every mountain, every attack, every assault from hell will not overpower me. In the name of Jesus, if they come in one way, they will flee in seven directions. In the name of Jesus, I move from faith to faith. I move from glory to glory. The power of the Lord is at work in me. I am anointed. I have the glory of God upon my life. I have the spirit of wisdom upon me. No situation is too difficult for me. By the spirit of wisdom, I solve impossible situations. I resolve problems. I am a master at solving problems. In the name of Jesus, I shall be the head and not the tail. I shall be above and not beneath. Whatever I lay my hands upon, shall prosper in the name of Jesus I am a success going somewhere to happen in the name of Jesus sickness and disease have no place in my body they will not survive every virus every gem that touches my body dies instantly for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I am free. I'm free from sin. I'm free from death. I'm free from the effects of death. In the name of Jesus, I'm free from sickness. I'm free from failure. In the name of Jesus, wherever I go, I see opportunities. My eyes are open. My eyes are open to opportunities. My eyes are open to means of greatness. Yes, my eyes are open. Because the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Revelation is upon me. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of my understanding are enlightened 
I know the hope of my calling. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that I'm filled with the fruits of righteousness. I am filled with the fruits of righteousness. I'm filled with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, I will never be confused because God is not the author of confusion. I rebuke confusion in my life. In the name of Jesus, I am smart. I am wise. Thank you, Father. I am strong. Hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.